0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I welcome all of you here. You made a choice by getting up and coming to church today, so you've gotten a good grade already today. I welcome all of you your guests. We're honored to have you with us. If you need a Bible, raise your hand up real high. Get your hand up real high, and then we will begin in Luke chapter 4. And for you taking notes, then we'll go to 1 Peter 4. We are on our second week on this wilderness series. I, I believe it's really going to help you today. And the reason I say that is because it's already helped me. And so as you're turning to Luke chapter 4, the, the word testimony begins with the word test. And so the only way you can have a testimony is to go through the test, to pass that test. And so the purpose of a test is God wants to mature you, God wants to purpose you, God wants to bless you. And so remember this, there is no promotion without preparation. So many of us in this room, we're going to go through seasons in our life in a preparation stage. And guess what? I I don't believe that ends. I believe you go through that and God will move you. And God will keep moving it back and forth like that. So we begin this morning in Luke 4 verse 1. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's your nugget immediately. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. So, if the Son of God needed the Holy Spirit, what do you think that means for me and you? Well, pastor, the Holy Spirit isn't around anymore. Well, whoever told you that, they lied, okay? He's still here. He goes on to say, and he returned from the Jordan as being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So the Lord Jesus himself, he had a wilderness experience. And if the Lord Jesus wasn't exempt from a wilderness experience, me and you won't be exempt. And so why was Jesus sent to the wilderness? Verse 2, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. The word tempt there means tried, tested exceedingly. And so some people would say, well, why did the Lord Jesus have to go through temptation? it's a part of the human experience. And when you study the Lord Jesus, many references the New Testament will reference him as the son of man. And so Jesus was tempted as a man. Hebrews 4.15 says this, he was tempted with the same things me and you were tempted with, yet he did not sin. And so another reason I believe Jesus was tempted was he was here to undo everything that took place with Adam. Remember that Adam gave into the temptation, and because he gave into the temptation, what was passed down to me and you was a thing called sin and death. But when Jesus was tempted, he didn't give, uh, he didn't give into the temptation. He withstood the temptation. So what that means for me and you? Justification and life. Jesus blessed us. He took care of us. So again, we begin to see some things right here. So within this thing called the wilderness, if you'll note here, it wasn't to punish Jesus. Your wilderness experience and my wilderness experiences are not to punish us. They're to prepare us. They're to get us ready. And you may ask to prepare us for what? Well, I believe every one of us in this room... To fulfill the assignment that Jesus has for every one of us. And he has an assignment for every one of us. We must develop a prayer life. We must develop time to get in the word and study the word. Remember the Lord said there in Matthew. He said man doesn't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But what about this? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? The only way you have a relationship with Jesus is to spend time with Jesus. I believe there's a season for every one of us where we must learn how to stand. And there's a season where we must learn to be still. God's still working on that one on me big time. To be still. And so what I can tell you is every one of us are going to go through these wilderness experiences. And there's countless footprints of all the men and women within the Bible who went through wilderness experiences like you and me. Now turn to the book of First Peter, chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4, and oh my goodness, get ready today. The scripture is really going to bless you where you begin to see some of the reasons you might be in the situation you're in right now. 1 Peter 4, verse 12. Beloved friends, children of God, listen to this. Do not think it's strange. Concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Now, when I looked at that, I thought, "You got to be kidding!" Don't think it's strange. Don't be amazed. Don't be bewildered. Don't be surprised of the fiery trial. Now, I'm reading out the New King James. It says right there the word "trial" and it's singular. The New Living says "years." So in other words, he's saying, don't be too constrained as you go through fiery trials for, for years. I believe it's years. I believe it's that plural years. That I'm going to keep going through things and you're going to go through things. And he said, the fiery trial. And why are we to go through this thing called the fiery trial? He said, to test you. To test your quality. And so that's the purpose. I'm going to be tried to test my quality. Now, I think about it in this sense that every one of us in this room are born with muscles. Every one of us in this room have a tricep and a bicep. Some may be real little. Some may be pretty flabby. But every one of us have a tricep and a bicep. The only way that muscle is developed is I got to do something. There's resistance in a thing called weight training. And so you can say, well, I go to the gym. Well, just because you go to the gym doesn't mean you're developing muscles. You got to do something while you're at the gym besides talking. It's just like coming to church. Just because you go to church, and church is a good thing to come to, but just because you come to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like wearing a Tom Brady jersey doesn't make you Tom Brady. Now, it may disappoint some of you for me to say that, but it's the truth. And so in this area, every one of us need to be developed not only physically, but even more so spiritually. So I believe part of the process here is you're going to go through some fiery trials. Keep reading. And you consider it or some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice... To the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Now that's one of those ones that you look at and go, you got to be kidding me. Rejoice in Christ's sufferings. Rejoice in the afflictions. The New Living says these sufferings are what make you partners with Christ. And so I look at the word suffering there. It takes me to 2 Timothy 2 verse 12, which talks about endurance. But 2 Timothy 2 verse 3 says that you must go through hardships as that of a good soldier, and it's for endurance. So part of the temptation of this is to get me where I run this race to the finish line. God wants you and me to stay the course. He doesn't want us getting off track. And so he says rejoice at this, and look how he ends. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. So when I look at all this again, I I ask myself this question. Am I in a wilderness experience? I believe every one of us will be in a wilderness experience. Same chapter, verse 17. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God or God's house. If he begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, when you look at the judgment he's talking about here, this is not the final judgment. This is a judgment to refine every one of us. But it's interesting, he says, that if you don't go through this, you do not obey the gospel of God. So part of the wilderness experience is to get you and me to a place where I obey the word of God. Let me ask you something. Do you obey the word of God? How do you obey the word of God? Because partial obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. And so part of the test here is God wants to get me to a place where I obey. Now, I found this in my life. It's very easy to obey God when things are going good. But when life starts squeezing me, guess what happens? You find out what's really on the inside of you. Am I going to obey God? Verse 18. Now, this is a, this is a scary verse to me. If the righteous one is scarcely or barely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? To help you with that, it's cross reference to James 5.20, which talks about spiritual death. Verse 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So what you see in this... Is God does not only want to develop obedience in us, He wants to develop a trust in us where we look and no matter the season of life I'm going in, I can trust God. So when I get in seasons of difficulty, I'm going to do it God's way or I'm going to obey God or I'm going to do it my way. Now, when I do it my way, it's tragic, it's not good. Now, what we're going to do the rest of the morning here, I'm going to go off of two cross-references in this that Peter takes us to. The first one is in the book of James, chapter 1. Turn with you to James 1. And the second one is Hebrews 12. We're going to James 1. And just to give you a little bit of insight of things, progress has a price. Remember this. I stated this last week. Difficulties mastered are opportunities won. What did he say, Margaret? Difficulties mastered or opportunities won. So again, I'm, I'm going to go through things. And I believe this for every one of us in here. I must take responsibility for my life, okay? We live in a society that's gotten very easy. Let's blame everybody else. You know, all my problems are caused that guy named President Trump. Man, you're severely deceived when you believe that stuff. Learn to take responsibility for your life, even in the area of serving God, and you watch what God will do. Thank you for that one amen. James 1. and let me give you a little history about this guy named James. James was Jesus' half-brother. The way James was killed, he was stoned to death. And the reason I highlight that, he was stoned for living for the Lord Jesus. James 1, verse 2. My brethren... My fellow believers, if you're born again, this is written to you. Now, listen to this. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And you know what I'd like to say to James? Shut up. You got to be kidding me. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, I can tell you this there's times in my life if I had a report card off of this, I got an F, I failed. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So the proper attitude in meeting adversity is to count it all. Not half joy, not half sorrow, but count it all joy. So this tells me again, when I'm in this trial, and you're going to be in it, part of the issue is, how do I view it? I can stomp my feet and I can complain and say, why me, God? Why me? The word joy there literally means this, that it's a profit. It's a profit when you go through trials with joy. To profit. And here's an interesting thought off that verse. James said, when. He didn't say If. He said when, and who was he addressing that to? He was addressing that as believers, as the brethren. So a strong warning to us today, this is going to happen. Count it all joy. Verse 2, verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So this gives me a little insight. What's being tested? My faith. My faith. Now, here's a a thought for you off of this. This is kind of how my mind works. Faith is a byproduct of the Word of God. How do you know that? Well, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So, part of that faith that's being tested is the Word of God. Not only how well do I bear it, but think about faith. Faith is made up with what I believe in my heart and what I speak with my mouth. So your faith that's being tested is, let me, let me help you here just a little. What's coming out of your mouth? What do you mean by that? Well, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than two-edged sword. I'm reading the other day in the Passion Translation, and it says this, that the word of God is a two-mouthed sword. What did the two-mouthed sword represent? It represents God spoke his word. But the way the Word of God comes alive and powerful in your life is when you get your mouth in a line with it, you start saying the same thing that God says. Now, human nature, when life gets bad, you know what we like to do? We like to complain. I like to tell everybody how bad it is. But when life gets tough, what would happen if I started saying what God says? That's why I've got to be developed in this area. So a little nugget that will help you today. Remember when you say something out of your mouth. Go ahead and tag it with this. And that's just the way I want it to be. So when I say life. Oh I got ready to say something. But I better be careful. Life stinks. And that's just the way I want it to be. Do you know what? Nothing ever good happens to me, and that's just the way I want it to be. We're broke, busted, never to be trusted, and that's just the way I want it to be. And so again, what I'm doing here is I'm beginning to highlight, this is what happens in the storms of life. I'm either going to gravitate to start saying what God's Word says, or I'm going to let this self get in the way, this I, this me, and when I start doing that stuff, it's dangerous. I had a guy after the first service, he said, Pastor, pray to it for me because all last week, you know what I found myself doing? I was complaining, I was complaining. And I said, been there, done that. The second area, this is on that line. Man, I got I to think in line with the Word of God. I got to begin to believe the Word of God. I got to speak the Word of God. So he said, the testing of your faith produces patience. It produces endurance. It produces perseverance. So when I begin to look at that thing called patience, again, you know what God's trying to develop in every one of us? That we stay the course. Too many times when life gets difficult, we jump off the Jesus bandwagon. We get mad. God's wanting us to run the race with endurance and finish that. So he's got to put patience in you. Now, you know as well as I do, for all these years I've been, I I still am being developed in patience. And it's something that God's got to work with me. But God is wanting to settle that within me. And so even yesterday, I mean, we're on the way home, and Shelly said, hey, I I need you to pull into United. I need to get some thanks. And I kind of look like that. Because when I go into the parking lots and I go around a lot of people, it tests my patience. And so I pull in the, car, uh, the, the parking lot. And again, on Saturday afternoon, it's hand-to-hand combat. But this is the goodness of God. I get out of my car. And I get a scent of heaven. They're roasting fresh green chili there. And I said, that is the will of God. And I said, dear, you go on in there and do what you need to do. I'm going to hang out out here for a little bit. No, again, what I'm telling us here is God's trying to develop something within every one of us. And I'll tell you, we we are an impatient society. We are so used, and we got cell phones. My staff is notorious for this. When I give them a word, they Google it and say, this is what it means. It takes seconds. We are an ATM society. If I don't get it in three seconds, it's not the will of God. I'm talking to myself too, guys. I've I've got so used to to being impatient. So what happens when we get impatient a lot of times? You know what we do? We get out in front of God and we're saying, God, you're taking too long. So you know what? I'm going to make it happen. And when you make it happen, it's not good because you're out before God and not behind God. So God said, listen, I'm going to teach you some patience. This, This is a thought that I believe will help you today. God doesn't look through our eyes through the perspective of now. He doesn't look through the lens of next week, next month. God looks at us through the lens of eternity. And God's the potter and we're the clay. And God's saying, listen, if I put you in that position right now, you don't have the character to uphold it. And when I don't have the character to uphold that, I cause issues. Two of you agree. Verse 4. But let, listen to this, but let patience have its perfect work. Father God, I'm on your clock. I'm on your timetable. Why is this such a big deal? That he says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect. That word perfect there carries the idea of being fully developed and fully mature. And then he says, and complete, and you lack nothing. The word complete there means fullness and wholeness. So I can't jump the gun. Now, we all understand the development of a child. I mean, you, you have them from the infant stage to the crawler stage. And, you know, ultimately the goal is to get them where they're potty trained. And all of you, you know, when you potty train, it's, oh, happy day. When those days are over. But spiritually, when people are 50 years old and i got to go through the auditorium and change diapers on 50-year-olds, that's gross. That's a pretty sick thought. And what I find out about the things of God is God doesn't get tired of looking at us and finally saying, you know what, I'm just going to pass you. Man, you've been in the fifth grade, or the fifth grade for 50 years. Get out, get out. No, God doesn't do that. He says, you got to go back through the test until you get this, buddy. And you know what? People learn one of two ways. We either learn the hard way or we learn by wisdom. I found out in life it's a lot better to learn by wisdom. Because when I live by and learn by the hard way, I cause pain and I create pain. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. As you're turning to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 6 verse 12 says. You inherit by faith and patience. Through faith and patience you inherit. So you know what I see right there? God's going to teach you faith. And God's going to teach you patience. You want to really learn patience? Get married. It's brilliant pastor. You ought to write a book. The next step of learning patience is God blesses you with children. Wow. He'll cure you real quick. Hebrews 12, verse 7. If you endure chastening. Wow. If. It's a choice. If you endure chastening, the word chastening means to instruct. It means to discipline. It means to rebuke. So there's going to be a season that you're going to have some instruction. You're going to have some discipline. You're going to have some rebuking. Now remember this. When God sent Jesus to the wilderness, he didn't send him there to punish him. He sent him there to prepare him. When we are chastened by the Lord, it is not to punish you, it's to prepare you. You need some instruction. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? The Amplified says you must submit to and endure correction for, dil, uh, for discipline. So again, think about this. And God's got some plans for us. Verse 8, but if you are without chastening of which all have become, all God's children have become, what have we become? We have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not a son. And if not a son, I'm a slave. So the only way that I truly become a son of God is, man, there's got to be some chastening. I remember back in junior high, and this is a few moons ago, quite a few moons ago. But when you would get in trouble back then, they wouldn't put you in time out. They would say, Mr. Swan, put your hands on the desk and look right up there in that corner. I'm going to impart some wisdom in you. Now, back in those days, that wisdom would usually last for about five days. And then I would get sent back to this principal and he would look and he'd say, did you you really do that? And I'd say. It was a repeat over and over and over until I started figuring out. If I quit doing stupid stuff, I don't have to go there. If I learn to obey, I don't have to go there. And so again, in this area, God is doing this to mature us. Verse 9. Furthermore, watch this. We have had human fathers who corrected us. Yes, we have. And we paid them respect. I have paid my father respect. I tell my dad numerous times, thank you for disciplining me. Thank you for not handing life to me on a platter. Thank you for teaching me what it is to have a work ethic. And we paid him respect shall we not much more readily, and you may watch, mark that word readily, be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? So again, that's how I view it. Man, Father God, I, I welcome your discipline. I welcome your correction. Verse 11. Verse 10. For they indeed for a few days... The New Living says, a few years, they chastened us, it seemed best to them. But he, Father God, for our profit. I want you to think about that. If you're in the wilderness right now, and you're going through tests and trials, and there's some disciplining going on, remember this right here. It is for your profit. Thank you, Lord. That we may be partakers of his holiness. So if I read into this correctly, the only way I'm going to become a partaker of his holiness, which is a great thing. The word holy means to separate, to be sanctified before him, is to go through this stuff. Verse 11. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, not before word or in the middle word, but afterward, it, what was the it? The chastening, the discipline, and the destruction, uh, discipline, correction, it brings or yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. The only way I walk in that fruit, that yield of peace and righteousness... Is to be trained by it. Is to be disciplined by it. So when I look at all this. I have the thought. How do I view this? God's wanting to do something within me. God's wanting to develop me. In these areas. God's wanting me to stay the course. So to me right here. You know what this looks like? This looks like training camp. You're going through training camp. You're going through boot camp with the Lord. This may help you. The NFL's been in training camp for a week. Why didn't they just start playing games immediately? Because they have no uh, cardio. And oftentimes, that's what happened to us. We need patience. We need perseverance. We need endurance. Because we don't have any spiritual cardio. And when life gets tough, we quit. You're in training camp. I was down by tech yesterday and I could see through their little slats. They're practicing too. And you know what? It's not a joyful thought to think you got helmets and a shoulder pad on in August in West Texas. Why are they doing that? They're preparing. They're preparing. If they don't prepare, they don't win. Now think about this in that preparation. I'll guarantee there's been some of them that said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. But there's others that say, I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. I'm going to do it. So it comes to this that I've got to look how, how do I view this? And this is what I said in my own life. I, I wish I'd have known this years ago where I understood God's not punishing me. I may be at a season where it seems like God may be distant, but you know why it may be distant? God's wanting you to develop where, and Lord, I call on you. I love to come in here now, and the Lord's teaching me to be still, to be quiet. And sometimes I'll just come in here and just sit at the feet of Jesus. You know what that means in my life? Shut up. You talk too much. So in this area of discipline, I can look at it this way. I can look at it as a knife. A knife has the ability to assist me, or the knife has, a knife has the ability to hurt me. When I grab it by the handle, it's a blessing to me. When I grab it by the blade, it'll cut me. That's the same as discipline. You got to look at the way you grab it. And so if you're going through things right now, this is why this is so important for every one of us. Man, God's maturing me. God's developing me. I've been in wilderness experiences at times for, there was one that was 19 years of my life. 19 years. 19 years. And you know what my thought was? About, God, you're wasting time. You're not ready. Get back in the oven. i got to cook you some more. And remember what it said. It's painful when you're going through that. I, I get so mad at God. But oh, when I look at the rear view mirror of life, I thank God that I didn't jump the gun. I thank God that he had a plan. He said, i, I got to mold you and shape you. You know why I had some character flaws, I had some integrity flaws. I had some hang ups, bad hangups. I had to have some walls come down. Thank God they've come down. I'm gonna let you stand on your feet here. Only you know what's going on in your life right now. And when we go through these tests, you know what I started calling them? A what's going on experience. What's going on, God? But if I don't go through these what's going on experiences, nothing's going to go on. And So let me ask you something right now. Are you, are you in one of those fiery trials right now? Is your faith being, is, is it being tested? Is your patience being tested? Remember, he said, count it all joy. And as I read that, you know what I begin to say? Lord, you've got to grace me in that area. Grace me to count it all joy. Grace me to walk this out. And God's grace is incredible. I encourage you, invite God's grace into you every day. Grace me, Father God, to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Grace me to be a man of it. Grace me today, Father God. Remember, His grace is a gift. It's an empowerment from Him. God wants to help us. He wants to get us through these seasons. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. believe with the man of God named Joshua. Joshua 1. The Lord said, Moses is dead. You're the man. And he said, Joshua, before you to make it, you're going to have to be strong and a good courage. Four times he said that to him. I believe that some of us in this room. And that strong we're talking about is Ephesians 16. Be strong in the Lord. Lord, and I'm I'm in this battle right now. Give me some strength. Give me some strength to to walk this out. Give me some strength just to go through the fire. I know you're with me, but also courage. I need need some kingdom courage today. I want to live for you today, Father God. And so as they begin to sing, I, I welcome you down here. If you're if you're insufficient in an area of your life that we talked about, raise your hands to heaven and say, Lord, I need help today. Respond to him today. Go ahead and sing, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubbock.com.